0: Matthew chapter 25. There's the parable of the 10 virgins. There are many speculations on what it means for them to be virgins, what it means for them to fall asleep. But this is not what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about something that is alarming to me in a good way and also in a way of severity. So, There's a contrast between prudent and foolish virgins. All of this with respect to the bridegroom. (laughs) The Christ bridegroom. So this parable, above all other things, is a parable concerning love for Christ. First place love for Jesus. It is seeing him as your husband, your bridegroom, finding all in him, leaving all others, clinging only to him. This is the essence and the root of what is being spoken about between these two virgins. So the first that we see are the prudent. And the prudent take, quote, oil with their lamp so I want to talk to you for a second about the word that is used for prudent. It has to do with thinking, to, to think <laughs> and to set your mind and affections. The prudent ones who have oil with their lamps, these have set their hearts upon him. The foolish, on the other hand, the word used for foolish here is where we get our word moron, and it means to not think, to be dull in senses or perception. So you see a contrast here between two virgins, two types of dispositions, two different hearts, The first is set upon the bridegroom. The second is dull, lacking sense, lacking feeling, lacking perception of him. Uh, There's another portion of this that really sticks out to me. When the foolish ask the prudent for some of their oil, Their answer is no. They starkly refuse. They will not give to the foolish the place of communion with their God. You see, they're so fixed upon having Him that they see the foolish question or asking for some of their oil to be almost a replacing him because they say if we give some to you there will not be enough for us to get to him in other words being with him to be able to have apprehended him is far greater than even a helping of others do we help others absolutely do we minister? Absolutely. It's the overflow of our lives. But it can never trump the place that Jesus himself has. And that's what we see with their rejection of sharing that which gives them him. Praise God. So the foolish are looking to someone else. They're looking to others for that which should have been found In giving Christ first place, if they had set their hearts upon Him, they would have had found in Him everything that was needed. But because their hearts were not set upon Him, which affected their perception of Him and their sense of Him, they lacked finding in Him what they needed and tried to find it in someone else. Uh, Sometimes we can slip into these foolish modes where Jesus is replaced with other things and we begin to look to other people and other things for that which only he can give. And in the end, it will be a disaster having not had from him what we need in order to gain him. You see, everything in life is a small measure of the coming age. If we do not enjoy him now, we will not enjoy him when he comes. If he isn't stealing your heart away and running to heaven with it now, what makes us think that we will share heart to heart with him in the age to come? It is this period that we're in is a dressing room for eternity, as Leonard Ravenhill said. The prudent, those who have set their hearts affection on him and will not give his place to others. These are ready as Jesus says and they go in with him (laughs) and also they enter into a bridal experience slash feast it is your feasting now that prepares you for the feast ahead it is your going away with him now that prepares you for going into the wedding feast the bridal chambers with him then Everything is a small measure now. But the foolish, who have not set their hearts completely upon Jesus, they are not ready. And they are shut out. It's interesting to note that to know Him, or to be alert, is what Jesus speaks about. And this being alert has to do with a living alert. I want to suggest to you today that It is our living with our hearts set upon Him that is the sobriety and the alertness that Jesus is speaking about at the end of the parable. Be alert. It is this, Lord, I will not give your place to anybody or anything else. That is the oil. It's the oil of love. (laughs) Because it's that love that accesses the bridegroom. So a set heart, a set heart is prepared for him. It is as you set your heart on him now that you are prepared for him when he comes. The foolish, they do not know him. As a matter of fact, he says, I do not know you, which the inverse is true. Those who have set their heart upon him, this is how they come to know him. But these foolish have not set their heart upon him. Did they know he was coming? Yes. Uh, Were they virgins? Yes. But they didn't have an intimate relationship with him. Their hearts were not set upon him. So he says, I do not know you. This means they did not live sober and alert. Our alertness, our sobriety is love, fire, the flame of love kept on the inside of the heart for him so they lack desire and they they are led to a negligence if you or by their leg their negligence negligence is a, a key to recognize whether our heart has been stolen by Jesus or not it is a lack of desire that is a telling of where the flame of love is in our hearts. A.W. Tozer once said, My flame may not be large, but it is real. And there may be those who can light their candle at its flame. I want to encourage you to see that loving Jesus is greater than all other things. Loving Jesus is the essence. And loving Jesus looks like something. It looks like, My heart is set you. And it comes out in how I uh, give my time, energy, and effort to things. It's This is the root and the spring of all that we have in life. So Father, I thank you that these people watching are the ones with oil. They are prudent brides, prudent virgins who look to you and are awakened by remembering the announcement of the bridegroom. I pray even now As they hear of the coming of the bridegroom through my mouth, it will awaken them even as the virgins were awakened by hearing the announcement of the bridegroom. Father, I pray you would draw by your spirit out a bride for your son, a bride who will give their heart's affection to God, to Christ. And here, not give his place to anybody else, But be ready and prepared and knowing you in your precious name jesus name amen thank you so much for watching uh it's special to me i pray the lord cause you to sense the reality of this and how important it is it is life itself for us blessings to you thank you so much for subscribing thank you my patreons for uh for your kindness towards us and our ministry my books are on Amazon if you want to grab a hold of them. Our music is on iTunes and all music mediums. Uh, you can head to our website and pick up any of the merch. This is our this is one of our new Adoration shirts. Uh, we got hats and things like sweatshirts and stuff like this. So love you guys. Every penny that comes in for the books, for the music, and for the merch all goes back to the ministry. We don't pocket any of it. So. We appreciate you uh, supporting us by grabbing a hold of these things. And also, patrons and money doesn't go into our pockets. It goes straight into the back into the ministry that we might give our entire lives over to calling uh, the church into a deeper experience of the bridegroom and being prepared for his coming. Love you guys. Blessings. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell inside of Him. The point I'm trying to start everything off with is that nothing begins apart from Jesus. He's the starting point. And not only is He the starting point platform, but He is the actual sustaining and birthing of the thing so that it can all go back to Him as the goal of the thing. And revelation is no different. It's all an unveiling of the person of Jesus that is the means by which God performs the things he's going to through Jesus.